0: It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. The red heifer that has been recently discovered in Israel is an amazing occurrence. Now, some may say... Well, there have been numerous red heifers discovered over the years. Well, fact, that fact is true. The corresponding other prophetic events that are happening right now should cause us to pay careful attention. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's prophecy update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly prophecy update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor JD with today's prophecy update as shared on September 9th, 2018.
1: So, this red heifer, and there have been many red heifers, but the problem is the red heifer has to be perfectly red. cannot have any black or white or any other color in it. It has to be a pure red heifer, as we're going to talk about, without any spot, any blemish, anything at all. It has to be perfect and red. So... Some of these red heifers were born, and they're like, hey, we got the red heifer, and then some time goes by, and then what is that white spot on that red heifer disqualified? Out of hand. So last Tuesday, the Temple Institute's red heifer program was blessed with an entirely red female calf. I'm quoting Breaking Israel News paving the way for reestablishing the temple service and marking the final stage of redemption. Again, this is what the Jews are waiting for. One week after its birth, the newborn red heifer was certified by a board of rabbis as fulfilling, listen to this, all, all the biblical requirements. What biblical requirements? Oh, Numbers chapter 19. Can I just see a show of hands? How many of you were with us when we were in our study through the book of Numbers? Can you just keep your hands up? Okay. Wow. Well, it's okay. It was like eight years ago when we were in the book of Numbers. And I love the book of Numbers. And I think the book of Numbers gets a lot of bad press because, you know, when you say to somebody, Hey, we're studying through the book of Numbers. Numbers? Numbers? boring. (laughs) What's what's the book of Numbers about? Oh, Numbers. No, but one of the most fascinating books in all of God's Word. When we got to Numbers chapter 19, and by the way, uh, we have on our website now, you can go to the homepage, and there's a link to all of the PDF files uh, of all of those archived teachings, also the MP3 files. And for those of you that are interesting, it was one of the most fascinating studies in all of God's word concerning specifically this red heifer. What if I told you that the red heifer points to the person of, and was fulfilled by, Jesus Christ? Everything. In the Old Testament all the ceremonial cleansings and purifying all pointed to the person of Jesus Christ and Jesus fulfilled all of those types all of those pictures all of those prophecies the reason I recommend the website for the PDF files because on there when we were in numbers 19 I I charted it all out all of the uh, ways that the red heifer in Numbers 19 points to and was fulfilled by Jesus Christ. So uh, there's, I don't know how many there are. If you'll let me, I want to just share uh, like 98 of them. No, I'm not going to share 98 of them. I just, I'm going to share a few of them that I think are just really uh, fascinating. So the red heifer had to be without spot or blemish, just as Jesus was without the spot of sin or blemish. The red heifer had to be slaughtered outside the horse gate or Damascus gate which was located north, just as Jesus had been crucified outside the horse gate to the north of the city at Calvary, also known as Golgotha. The red heifer had to be put to death while Eliezer, the second priest, looked on. Very specific. Just as Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, was put to death while God the Father looked on. And the red heifer, this is interesting, had to have its blood sprinkled seven times. Just as Jesus had his blood shed seven times and in seven different places. Both of his feet, both of his wrists, that's four. His back, when he was whipped, that's five. The crown of thorns on his head, that's six. And then when they pierced his side and blood and water came out, that was seven. What's the number seven significant and symbolizing the number of completion? It is completed. It is finished. Very specific, and Jesus fulfilled them. Then they had to take the ashes of that red heifer from the death of that red heifer, and they had to use them in order to be cleansed. And so too Jesus offers us forgiveness in his death on the cross in order for us to be cleansed. He fulfills the prophecy of and the type of the red heifer. Here's the thing, uh, and we'll, we'll try to wrap it up here, uh, keyword try, so just bear with me. So what's different this time, okay? I mean, there's been red heifers over the years that uh, qualified until they, uh, you know, showed up with a, a blemish or a spot. What's different this time? Oh, what's different this time is Russia, Iran, Turkey are in Syria. Damascus is on the cusp of becoming a ruinous heap. A peace deal that was heretofore unreachable seems more plausible today than it ever has. The rebuilding of the temple is, I mean, at the ready, as far as the Jews are concerned. And now, this last week, the Temple Institute certifies this red heifer Listen, I'm not a, certainly not a mathematician, but uh, can I ask what are the statistical odds of all of those factors converging, I'll use that word, converging simultaneously for such a time as this? See, ten years ago, or even eight years ago, when we were in numbers, uh, Russia, Iran, and Turkey were not in Syria. And we didn't have a president that dared to relocate the embassy of the United States of America to Jerusalem, and we, and we didn't have a, a president of the United States of America who finally, talk about standing, <laughs> stood up to the so-called Palestinians and said, do you really want peace with Israel? Well, first of all, we're going to take Jerusalem off the table. How about that? And oh, by the way, all those millions of dollars that never get to the people, no more. No more. Why don't you put your money where your mouth is? Nobody's ever done that before. What are you saying? What I'm saying is that we are in an environment today, politically and prophetically, that is the likes of which we have never seen before in human history. And there's a shelf life to it. I would argue that it's not really likely that everything that is in place now will remain in place years from now. It just does not seem palatable or plausible. Okay. What does all of this mean? The answer is twofold. First, for those of us who are Christians we would do well to be watchful, to hold fast, and, if need be, and perhaps more importantly, repent. What do you mean? Well, maybe I can say it this way. This is no time to be playing church. This is no time to be a casual Christian. This is no time to play around. Again, it's not a playground we're in. We're in a battleground. And we're in the heat of the battle. It's interesting, Jesus had John write to the church of Sardis in the book of Revelation, one of the seven churches, And he said to them that if they did not repent, he would come as a thief. Let me just read verses 2 and 3 of Revelation 3 from this letter to this church. Jesus is speaking, John is writing, and he says, Be watchful, and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die, for I have not found your works perfect before God. Remember, therefore, how you have received and heard. Hold fast and repent. Therefore, if you will not watch, if you will not watch, I will come upon you as a thief, and you will not know what hour I will come upon you. I know I mention this often, but, and I hope you don't tire of me mentioning it, but one of the hardest things for someone like myself, and I know a lot of you are like me in this regard, is that I see this apathy within the Christian church. It's just there's a disinterest, (laughs) no interest really, and uh, i got to tell you, Jesus is going to come, I believe, very soon. Sooner than any of us think. Jesus said, behold, I come in an hour you expect not. And Christians are not expecting it. And it's going to catch them off guard. I might be preaching to the choir. But I will just say, and especially for anyone watching online, that if that describes you, oh, repent. You need to turn. You need to change. You need to wake up. Hold fast. And watch, so that when, not if, he comes, and he will come, it will not be for you as a thief in the night. Secondly, for those who have never called upon the name of Jesus Christ to be saved, here's what all of this means. The time is at hand. Oh, pastor, you say that every week. I know. But think about this, and I know this might sound like a firm grasp of the obvious, but every week that goes by is one week closer to when that trumpet sounds. Right? I'm telling you. <laughs> Maybe I'm, I'm pleading with you. Why would you want to take your time making the most important decision you will ever make in your life when there's little time? Little to no time. This is why we present the gospel of Jesus Christ at the end of our prophecy updates every week, and we'll continue to do so. What is the gospel? Paul, writing to the Corinthians and also to the Thessalonians, said basically summing it up this way: the gospel, the good news, is is that Jesus came; that He was crucified; He was buried and he resurrected on the third day, and he's coming back one day. That's the good news. That's the gospel. That's what the word gospel means, good news. Your sins have been paid for. Your death penalty has been paid for. You're free to go because of the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. It's very simple. Jesus said, If you want to enter the kingdom of heaven, you must come as a little child. It's childlike simple. It's ABC simple. The A is for admit or acknowledge that you're a sinner and that you need the Savior. This is Romans 3.10 that says, There is no one righteous, not even one. Romans 3.23 says, All have sinned and fallen short, of the glory of God. What is the penalty for that sin? It's the death penalty, Romans 6.23 says. For the wages of sin is death, but, and here's the good news, the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The B is for believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, and that God raised him from the dead on the third day. This is Romans 10, 9 and 10. It says, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved, and the sea is for call upon the name of the Lord, or confess with your mouth, which is what Romans 10, 9 and 10 also says. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and Believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead. You will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And lastly, Romans 10.13, All who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. For me, that was over 36 years ago. When I simply called upon the name of the Lord, believing in my heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God raised him from the dead, acknowledging my sin and my need for him. In fact, my prayer was as simple as it gets. First of all, and I'm not proud of this. I was very intoxicated. I was very high from the drinking and the drugs. And so it was almost incoherent, but that's all it took. And I just simply prayed, God, I, and basically, this was my prayer. I don't want to go to hell. That's how I called upon it. I, I want to go to heaven. I don't want to go to hell. Please save me. And I fell asleep praying. I woke up the next morning, and I was a new creation in Christ. And I never looked back. And here's the thing. It's not like I had to, in my own willpower, stop doing all of those things that, was a part of my lifestyle, God now, because the Holy Spirit was indwelling me, took the desire for those things away from me. I could never start my day, and I had tried all the addictions, the alcohol, the tobacco, all the stuff I tried so hard I could never do it. I could never start my day without the tobacco, without the drinking. I know that's crazy, but I would start the day off drinking. I'd reach for that beer in the fridge, and the tobacco and all of the things, and that's how I started my day. That next morning when I woke up, I went to the fridge, and the Holy Spirit in me was like, you don't need that anymore. I don't. I, don't. I, I had lost the desire even the music i was listening to very satanic you know i good this is back in the days of you know record players for you young people just see it as a big black cd i guess they're making a comeback aren't they I, I anyway so i would put that record on the record player and i went to reach for my very impressive record collection at that time it was like the holy spirit said you don't need to listen to that anymore. Totally lost the desire to do it. And everything else. And here's what was crazy. And I mean crazy. And I don't even think the word crazy even describes it. Um, now I wanted to read the Bible. The only problem is I didn't have a Bible. So I went out and I bought a Bible. And I couldn't get one quick enough. So I went to the Christian bookstore. And I bought and see at the time because i had killed so many brain cells because of all the drugs and all the drinking and the lifestyle and the partying i mean seriously I, god has restored the years that the locusts have stolen and eaten away from me and i'm not a, this is not hyperbole when i first got saved i could not form proper sentence structure in the english language it was really bad and so i bought <laughs> Forget King James, okay. With all due respect to the King James version, but I bought the Good News Bible, limited vocabulary. Even that was a stretch for me because, and I read, I couldn't put it down. And I mean, I'm reading the Bible, and I'm, and I'm like, wow. And I, I don't do this, by the way. Uh, I started in the Old Testament. I started in Genesis and I read all the way through to Revelation. I should have started in the New Testament because when I got, especially to like the book of Numbers and the book of Leviticus and they're sacrificing all these animals, I'm going, whole, do I have to do that? And so I'm I'm driving by church. I did not step foot in a church. I'm just this new blank slate. I'm saved. I'm driving by church parking lots looking for livestock. Like, where's the animals that they sacrifice? And there are none. And then I got to the New Testament. I go, oh, I see. Jesus is the sacrifice once and for all. Perfect. That was 36 years ago. I never looked back. And so I'm saying to you here today or watching online, today is the day of salvation. Call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father in heaven, I... (sighs) Thank you for the joy of our salvation. Thank you that the joy that is in you is our strength. Lord, thank you for the free gift of eternal life paid for in full by you on that cross. Lord, we're looking around and things are heating up. Everything's coming together. All the pieces are in place, and it's really exciting, especially for those of us who are watching and longing for that trumpet to sound. But Lord, there are also those who are not ready who are not watching. This Lord, I ask you, for those who are not right with you and ready for you, that today they will call upon you. And for those who perhaps have been walking with you for many, many years, but that fire has kind of dimmed, not burning as bright as it once did, Lord, I pray that you'll restore, rekindle that fire for you. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Thanks for joining us for this special edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Carioche. Now, it's so important that you hear the purpose behind these prophecy updates that Pastor J.D. shares The purpose is to see people just like you come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. When you're right with the Lord, you'll be ready for the Lord and His soon return. You can do this by first admitting you're a sinner, that you've broken God's perfect law. Second, you need to confess that there's nothing you can do to fix this. You can't attend church enough. You can't pray enough or give enough money. There's nothing you can do to atone for your sins. Third, you must realize that there is someone who can. His name is Jesus Christ, and He is the Savior of the world. He gave His own life so that you wouldn't have to experience the penalty for your sins, which is death. Please, if you're listening today, receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and escape the realities of the prophecies that are being fulfilled all around you. For more information about what it means to be born again into the kingdom of God, Log on to InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and select the New Believers option. Again, that web address is InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Now, in the next edition of in Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. will be teaching through God's Word just like he does Monday through Thursday. And then don't forget to join us next Friday and Saturday for another timely prophecy update. Until then, may God bless you and keep you in His love.